Hello and welcome to Double Feature, a podcast where we rate movies and beer. I'm Andrew Gibney. And I'm Tom Coast, and we have watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. A one, a two, a you know what to do. This would be an empty world without the blues. I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. (laughs) Yes, this is the 2020 film. And I know we said we're going to do new films. But with the Oscar nominations and Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman being nominated for Best Actor and Actress, we fought. We'd come back. We nearly did this, Tom, before we did the week. We did Soul. Yes. Uh, it was a Disney post release Soul, and we, we went for that instead. So I'm glad we get to come back and do this film. Now, what are you drinking to go along with this Oscar-nominated film? Well, I didn't have any beers that so happened to have Mar Rainey on the front, but I did have a music... <laughs> or Oscar. Or... Or, yeah, or an Oscar, but I did have something slightly musical on here, on there, uh, in oh. on the shelf. It is called Always Have and Always Will by Pomona Islands, local brewery. And it has little Elvis on the front. Hey. Uh, so I thought cool. I'd go for that. And it is... It's, it's, it's gold as well. It's like a gold. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, yeah. like an Oscar. Like an Oscar, I guess, yeah. And it's got a, it's a peach and apricot and raspberry sour. So it's a lot of fruit. Mm. One, And it's kind of like peachy yeah. colour. Mm. Oh, all oh, that is nice. I have been lucky the past couple of weeks with my beers. That yeah, is, you've done well. Mm. It's got that, definitely got that peach, definitely got the raspberry kind of aftertaste in there. Apricot, mm. it's easy, I think it's easy for apricot to get lost, unless it's solely something apricot. I think it's easy for apricot to get lost, but you get the, the two orange fruits kind of complement each other, and then you get the little. The old kick of raspberry at the end. Tartness so. of raspberry. Mm, yeah, well, like... we, we, haven't, we haven't planned this at all. But I'm also drinking a Pomona Island beer. <laughs> I have that in the fridge. <laughs> you I thought you meant because we got it from the same shop. Yeah. Shout out Ancoats General Store, which I went into for the first time in like maybe over a year and a bit. Like I think the last beers I bought from Ancoats were the Tiny Rebel 8th birthday. Oh, ones. God, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is called Tamaki. It's a plum and gin maicha goes. Gin maicha is what I had to Google to, to green it's a green tea. tea. Well, I did not know. Uh, it's brewed to celebrate the arrival of Tamaki, art director Miko and co-founder Gaz's second child. You know, uh, gin maicha goes and hail and mon salt make this good news beer. Let's find out. Let me know. I'm excited because I get someone to review it for me before I drink it. Yep, that's nice. Yeah, you get, you get the plum and the, the. I like it goes with that saltiness. It's not yeah. something I thought I would ever like, but I really do. I think it yeah. works with like a, a sweet sourdough beer to have that salt aftertaste. Is that's a nice drink. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy drinking that while we talk about Marini's Black Bottom, which Tom, we both watched it this weekend. What I, I was excited because obviously it's Chadwick Boseman's last. Performance, and at, th- and at this point, he knew of his diagnosis. He kind of knew what was happening. So there was that like 
expectation of well, what what his performance is going to be like, what the film is going to be like. What were your what were your thoughts? Well, going into this, I knew that it was going to be about music, but beyond that, I didn't yeah. know anything. I didn't. I I can't say. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I I I'm a big fan of Ma Rainey. I know all her hits. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know what the black bottom was referring to. I didn't know what the, where the story was going, what it was about, if it was a biopic, if it wasn't. I just kind of sat there and let it hit me in the face with what it was trying to do. And yeah, I wasn't expecting the film to be what it was. I, uh, I did, as I said, I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. I didn't expect to kind of being dropped in in what is what essentially three hours of Ma Rainey's life and the situation that unfolds around her and then just kind of everything happening. You get given that idea of who Ma Rainey is, everyone flocks towards her for her singing and what she represents. And then it's just all about everything in a recording studio and them trying to record a few songs and her trying to push her, her nephew Sylvester to be on the record and the band having a chat in the band room and just kind of them living really in this situation. And I did really appreciate right at the beginning, the intro, the intro where it's the, the guys running in the woods and it makes it seem like they're running away from something. As you see in a lot of films about that time, especially with uh, the, how they were mistreated and I was half expecting them to be followed by white people with guns mm. or anything like that but actually they're all running towards this tent where Maren is holding this concert and it was a nice little how it switches quickly from yeah. arc to light it's not, it's not what you're thinking, you're thinking it's going to be like a chase or like yeah. someone getting killed or whatnot. Yeah. and but it's just that intro that it's like that that quick like two minute intro where she's singing and you kind of get given a, a few hints here and there like Levy's on the trumpet. Obviously, you don't know who he is at that point. It's just you know Chadwick Boseman, but it's that Levy's on the trumpet. He's throwing a couple of glances at Dusty May, and Marini kind of clocks on, and she and and then it's just kind Joseph, of she also clocks on like this is this is me. I, I'm the star here, not you. Fucking yeah. get back, and get back there, and it's just kind of like and it gives you a snapshot of the relationships that then dynamic, unfold yeah. later on dynamic that kind of unfold later on in the film. So. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It was definitely something different. I didn't know. It's it's a time period that I, they haven't done that many films. I think they're like 1920s, because this was, I think, 1927? 27, yeah. Yeah, and you kind of get the... You, you've got The Twelve Years a Slave, which is a bit before. Then you've also got The Help later, which is 1960s. I'd seen those two. I hadn't seen the kind of one in the middle. So this kind of gave me a... It, it gives you an idea of how life had kind of evolved. Yeah, even uh, like August Wilson's other famous film is Fences with Denzel Washington. That's like 1950s. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not a time period you get a lot of a lot of films. And I think like you had no idea what to expect. And I thought it was going to be probably much more heavily musical-based. Yeah, yeah. And it really, it really the music is kind of just a... Uh, a vehicle for the story and yes. you get the performance at the start you get a couple of performances of the song 
and that is really it, like in terms of music and a film that kind of makes it look as if it is like Ma Rainey, the musical superstar, and it's not it's not about that at all. It's, it's, it's an hour and a half, and Ma Rainey's in it for twenty six minutes, I think something yeah. like that. I, I was thinking like Viola's done well to get nominated here for this because although she's a powerful character in it, she's it's everything, seen... isn't it? It's the, it's the performance, it's the, the the amount of like the the just her appearance and how she mm. comes across, and as you said, it's the, kind of the power she has on these white men because of who she is. And even though, as she says, they're trying to use me to make money, she still has the final say and they still do what she, what she wants them to do. So I think that kind of her... It's the presence not, and the power. It's the presence, had, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, uh, it's, what's the word? Her gravitas really comes Ooh. through, really comes through on, the, on, on this screen. And if you didn't know that she was a fantastic actor before this, then down well no she is after this film kind of thing i don't think i've seen anything where we always like one of the main characters no. that's ever been bad like yeah 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 it's just really 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 good i'm trying to I'm trying to find this the specs because it came out last year i should see if we had some kind of box office numbers but i'm not seeing yeah. anything it was like, filmed in, in pittsburgh uh, uh, so often i was expecting it was going to be bloody manchester as always northern quarter with those outside shots of the buildings like if you're going to see beatniks in the side like, <laughs> i'm always waiting there for that because everyone uses that one street but yeah, I've not seen any box office numbers, which is, is well, I mean, it is released to Netflix, but I guess you, you need some box office to get nominated, don't you? And for the, also, yeah, there has to be a, has to be a, a limited release around mm. a certain amount of cinemas. Yeah. Uh, as you said, yeah, it's it's based on a play written by August Wilson, who also did the screenplay for Fences, which I do need to... That was nominated for some Oscars. Viola Davis won Best Performance in the, by an Actress in a Supporting Role for Fences in 2016. There you go. Definitely worth one to watch. Then, yeah, I, it's one. It's a it's a weird film to sort of to judge because I think the performances outweigh the, the film. film. Yeah, absolutely. It to me, while there's there's no convoluted story whatsoever, I think it's it it reminds the, the back and forth, and it, it's hard not to compare it because I, I hate. But whenever there's talent, a, you know, aren't you? Yeah, it is, but it is in that sense. I'm not saying that he invented this type of cinema. He didn't. But it's the first one that comes to mind when you've got four or five people in a room and they're just having a conversation and you spend 35 minutes listening to four blokes talking. Mm. No one does that as much as Tarantino does in his films. There's so many scenes you can from all his films you can remember where it's just that and you're still captivated by what they're, what they're saying. Yeah. And... It, as I said, it's hard not to... I can see why this is derived from a play because on a, on a stage, that would be very easy to do. And obviously, all you've done here is taken it from the stage into a room and the dynamic is yeah. the same. And I think you, I think that's why you have to make it such a small scale and there's like it's not yeah. grand sets. There's not a massive cast. Nope. You can see where yeah the, the stage play derives from. And then those scenes in the downstairs at a basement with the band are meant to be rehearsing. It's just some... Like, wonderful stories and kind of a snapshot into that time and even like before that because obviously uh Lavelle talks about his mum being sort of raped by nine white yeah. guys when he was a yeah. kid so that's maybe 1910s time as well like you get a snapshot into that whole way they were the way that white people behaved against blacks the way that the blacks were treated and it goes way beyond music and there's 
the first scene with, with Chadwick when he's talking about his mum, you're like, this is fucking powerful, this is ridiculously good on another level. But then it's the one about God. Mm. And, it, and it's it's a lot of it, it's like new school against old school, I think, a lot of the way through it. you got like Ma, Ma Rainey, like, I want to do the song this way, it's my song. And he's like, no, I've, I've rearranged it so people can dance to it, and it's much more like what people want now. And it's like, but then the balance of like people who believe in God and people who don't believe in God and why and like the young upstart against the old guys like just do it with this mate that's what she wants like yeah fuck around yeah yeah and then he's 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 trying to all he wants to do is forge a career yes. is Levy he wants he wants to forge a career of his own he wants what Maz got and he, and thinks, he thinks he can do it yeah and there's no reason why like, you can see he's talented uh, on the trumpet but I think it's like you have to jump through all the hoops and like we'll, we'll get to the sort of end scene mm-hmm. which is like it's just devastating but that that speech about god and how he doesn't believe and like and it's how many times have we had like when you lost your dad i lost my mum you're like why did why do good things bad things happen to good yeah. people i've had a conversation with someone this week about when my my dad's mum died of cancer and she was like proper christian god fucking yes used to clean the church on her spare time for like because she loved religion and then dies of cancer and you're like well if 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 it, if it exists he, she's the kind of person that yeah. should be listened to and you're like yeah it, it brought and, and what what made that scene even even better was at this point chadwick knows he's going to die of, mm. so he's he's saying that monologue probably you're probably asking yourself the same question why yeah and you're like fuck like this he's saying is, this like how many people around him knew what was going on then as well and he's dropping this scene and you're like oh it's just for, for this yeah. to be his last film it's so it's so sad but it's so fitting as well it is and the performance is easily the best that i've seen him in in the terms in the terms of just the the range of acting and what he can like his in the space of five seconds, his smile can light up the screen, and then he's tearing up, and you're feeling that emotion in the space. Yeah, in in such a short range, and it's, you, you look at this film and you're like, it's just you know, you, you taken far too soon for. Uh, and I'm, I'm is, glad I'm glad we have this performance, but it's like, fuck, what else could he have done? Could like, he have done? Yeah, outside of just being Black Panther, and and yeah, like it, it kind of. This could have been the springboard for him to be something other than Black Panther. Obviously, he's done plenty of other films. Also, like you said about Tom, about Tom Holland, you've seen a totally different range to him. Like, like yeah. Twenty One Bridges is the kind of Denzel action movie of like yeah. running around a city. Whereas this, there's no elaborate sets, there's no elaborate chases or, or CGI. It's, just, it's him. It's him. His emotions and he, he blows it away. And it's, Maybe in a sense it helps that it's not like a big elaborate film of like a big storyline where you're just concentrating on the dialogue and like the experiences yeah. and what these people have gone through. Yeah. And that's what just it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what the film's about in a sense. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and 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 I'm not again, I don't want to I'm not gonna bring Tarantino back into this too much because there's it's only this it's only this aspect of it that is relevant. But you look at the careers that Tarantino has managed to launch through doing this exact same thing we were discussing not very recently in one of the podcasts that before Pulp Fiction Samuel L. Jackson was just doing bit roles here and there and that's kind of like allowed him to you know 
launch his career to the levels that it is now. Obviously, he kept being picked up in other Tarantino films and they built that relationship that kind of helped. But you look at Christopher Waltz from Inglourious Bastards. Obviously, he had done things before, but he became a superstar after that. Michael yep. Fassbender, again, was launched into this. But you, and it, you, Christopher Waltz, after that, the milk scene, could just have gone dumb every once after that. Yeah, like, exactly. And it, 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 it could have been just, not in the rest of the film. It's like, yep, that guy, that's who he was. That guy, <laughs> and he just... And I think that this was a, this was his without it being a Tarantino film. This was his chance to to be given that that springboard to doing other things outside of the Marvel universe. And it's sad, is really sad that this is his last performance that we're going to get. But at the same time, for this to be his last performance, we could, everyone could look back on it and go, "That guy was fucking good at what he did." Yeah. And and you you brought up the god thing. I was going to bring it up later. Yeah, it's it's that thing where you as you as you mentioned, I lost my dad when I was twelve, and I'm I was brought up in a very Christian environment through my mum, and I used to go to church every pretty much every Sunday. I used to be a, a choir boy. I used to help the priest do like I've got pictures. The You've got, pic- I've got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I've shown you the pictures of me in my attire when I was a kid. As proof, and... 50 retweets have been released to pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and when when that happens, it kind of really, in the same way that Levy kind of questions it all, I was in that same frame of mind as like, well, if God is this great thing that everyone loves, and he's so lovely to everyone, obviously I'm thinking like as a 12-year-old kind of thing, why does he take my dad away? And I was, I was, I was talking to Arno about this after the film, and I was saying like, it's fascinating how one event, which was my dad passing, sent two people in completely different directions. When in me and my mum, when it comes to religion, I veered away from it because I didn't. I was like, well, if God is this great, why the fuck did he take my dad away? But at the same time, my mum, when I then came to England, my mum found comfort in the religious. Uh, side of things and the community and it helped to get over it through and I'm not and uh, the religious community where we are is all a bunch of lovely people and they all kind of like turned to her and helped her and kind of gave her that yeah the the friendship it's that a, she it's, needed it's, and, it, and it's, it's, it's it's weird. It's, it's not. It's not sort of God that got her for it. It's like everyone's relationship. They're all there because of God, but it's the yeah. people there that. That helped her through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it means she got more involved in the the church, the the kind of parish that we're in, uh, where where she lives in the south of France. And yeah, it's it's just very strange how one event can send two people in completely different directions. And I I, I could relate so much with Levy in the sense of you know you're a child and you see something terrible happens to you and you kind of like, well, you know they say he's. Was it, it was like, did, did you turn your back on me? Were you like looking elsewhere at that moment in yeah. time? Why, if you're this omnipresent person, why weren't you helping me at this point? And so it's, and, it, and it's that idea of like, well, if you're there and I'm slamming you, strike me down now yeah. and go to yeah. everyone that something's going to happen and that you're there. And it, obviously when people say that, unless it's a comedy like Bruce Almighty, nothing ever happens. <laughs> so it, it, was, it's, it was very, very interesting kind of and then in, and imagine if you, if you are a religious person you're like well is then is the act of remy at the end when he stabs uh toledo mm-hmm. 
is that like his him being smited from above that he's done this thing. That's but at the same change. time, if God is that great, why do you have to take Toledo's yeah, life in the exactly. place? Exactly. Like you can see how like, people be like, well, that's that's the punishment for like he's the devil's made that decision. Like, you can go down. What Toledo did was accidentally trip like <laughs> upon his shoe and they're nice shoes but you know it was and obviously yeah, if you get a nice pair of fresh of air force ones someone scuffs them more let me get my knife um, <laughs> you know this, this film isn't real in the sense that this scene didn't happen but as you said i think it it, it tried to portray much like all the stories that they say in that room it, it kind of portrays that it gives you that snapshot of what life was like and all the struggles that they go through yeah. and all these things and it's just it's, it's it's that scene before he stabs Toledo is when the the record company guys like oh yeah write some songs for me like, we'll use them we'll record them it's fine and then Levy writes them then it's like nah mate they're, they're not good enough they're not good enough but I'll give you five dollars each like as a yeah. compensation for yeah in my head I was like he's fucking going to use them. He's definitely going to use them. I didn't think they were going to do the flex of using them as a white band. I was like, oh, you bastards. You know, oh, I, I could have seen them like, give it to someone else and like another a black artist using them, another blues singer. But to have like, and I think it was like, was there nine, was there nine white guys in there? That's even worse. Like, if, I was trying to count them. I was like, if there's nine white guys doing his song, like, after what name we got, I was like, no, you can't, you can't do that. I was oh, like, but, yeah. I imagine, but I imagine this was what happened is like you using, talented musicians who've got but because the white person has all the power like they're paying for the record deals they're paying for the studio time you'd be like nah mate this isn't good enough i'll i'll take them off your hand don't worry about it like, yeah then and, and, and is this is this uh what's it is this sturdy vance payback on not being able to have the control over mar rainey that he kind of takes it from levy and does it himself because obviously sturdy van wants to be able to tell Ma Rainey what she can do and what she can't do. And obviously she well, they, is... They, want, they wanted to do uh, Levy's version of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as well. Yes. And he's used and, her power. And he's so. he's fuming that they have to do like eight takes of the song because of she's insisting that Sylvester does the intro. I, if, if I just did a record for everyone, I'd be raging as well. I know, but then, she, you know, <laughs> it's like you're costing me this and it's like, well, you know... At the end of the day, the money you're going to make off the back of this is far greater than the, the cost of your, you know, screwed vinyls. But I, th- I think part of it is he can't control what happens with Mars songs, but he can control what happens with Levy's songs. And he knows that they're good songs because as he said he says, I kind of ran it with my people and I, it doesn't it doesn't sound yeah. as good. It's like, of course, it sounds fucking great. But. And it, as you said, it is that massive kind of punch in the gut at the end of that film that really kind of emphasizes all the stories that they were that they were saying, and kind of gives you that 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 frustration at what time what things were like back then, and sadly, in some aspects, what things are like still to this day. That's to get the people's attention. That's when you and Slow Drag come in with the rhythm part. Me and Cutler play on the break. Tom, Tom, I think you're really going to enjoy uh, Tamaki by Pomona Island. It's a nice. really nice, really easy drinkable 
But I do enjoy a pom now and again, and this is a it's got the, the nice flavours of the pom and whatever the again matcha green tea is like. But it's, it's, it's a, whatever it is, it combines well. It's a, it's a really nice. Uh, it's, one it's one of our joint beers. It's one of our joint beers. I will be <laughs> made sure. it's in the fridge, so I will um, I will I will strive to 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 enjoy how, it. When I do. How is always have always will. Now it's very good, and I think I always will. Always have liked it since I took my first sip, and I always will down the line. But I just realised that through a bit of research, because I was intrigued by the Elvis reference on the on the thing and the quote on the side, as you said on the on the Pomona Island, they kind of give you an indicator as to why yeah. it's uh, named that. And it says, "I like you, peach, apricot, and raspberry sour. Always have, always will." Now it's a reference to True Romance, which we have done on this podcast. We have to this to the episode if you've seen true romance and you want to hear our thoughts on it but it's from when clarence is imagines talking to elvis throughout the film and the mentor is referred to as the mentor played by uh, val kilmer and at one point he says i like you clarence always have always will mm. and that's where it's a it great reference from. Very it's good. A good reference for a movie podcast about beer that is beautiful beautiful ties in beautifully it all ties in beautifully now, Tom, as we said, the Oscar nominations came out mm-hmm. uh, last week. The reason why we're watching it, we what, what, what I found amusing during the week, we're trying to find a new film to watch, and all the films that are nominated for like best movie are all amazingly now cost money to watch on like most streaming sites, like your bastards. Yeah. Uh, so I really want to watch Judas and the Black Messiah with Daniel Kaluuya. Like, really want to see that. So Chadwick for best actor is up against Riz Ahmed for a film called Sound of Mel. Anthony Hopkins, the film called The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and uh, for Walking Dead fans, Stephen Yoon in Minari, which is like, Stephen Yoon, well done, mate. Like, to go from How? yeah, Glenn to, to being mm. nominated for Best Actor. Now, the problem is, we've only seen one of these like, five films. Yes, when are the Oscars? They are on the 25th of April. Okay, so we've still got a month to see yeah. if we can get hold of a couple more. The easy one would be to do Mank. Mank, yep. yeah. Which we might, we might, uh, we might delve into. Can you see any situation where they don't give this Oscar to Chadwick Boseman? Well, this is the thing. Before the film was, before I saw the film, part of me was like, "Have they done this because of the situation?" And this is his final film, and while he does put in a good performance, they've just kind of put him in there. After seeing this, obviously, I haven't seen the other film, so it's always yeah. hard to be like, "Oh well, Chadwick definitely deserves it based on the one film out of the five that I've seen." <laughs> And none of the films I've seen of people who haven't been nominated, but definitely him. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember watching the the year when it was like Still Alice and all those films. I remember sitting down and Birdman with fucking Michael Keaton and all these. I I sat down and watched most of them completely legally. And (laughs) I, (laughs) I... And then you can get a good kind of judgment of whether Mm. or not, you know, they deserve to be... But in this in this scenario, it's it's quite difficult, and obviously, without being able to just be like, well, you know, we can go to the cinema and watch them over the next few weeks. We can't. We have to just find somehow find a way to to to, to watch them um, either by paying a bit of money on Amazon or whatever wherever they are. Or I, yeah, I think what what goes in their favour is is that good a performance that if he does win it, you're like, okay, like. Yeah, favour that. Yes, and I think that having watched the film now, I, I can't 
I can okay. Let's put it this way. I'm not going to say he definitely deserves to, to to win it because I haven't seen the other films, but it's not just a because of the situation that happened with Chadwick Boseman. We're going to give him an Oscar nomination posthumously, kind of thing. It's very much a he does he does the the, the performance does, that he gives deserves to be nominated for us for an Oscar. We said that Tom Holland probably should have got one for Cherry after watching that for the recent podcast and it's uh, why he wasn't was it because of all the other people that were in that that are in there i don't know did it come out too late maybe because that's the issue it came out last week so maybe that's why but for when it comes to this i can't obviously again with viola davis i don't know who the other people are in that in that category so obviously her presence on the screen is you can't deny it. Obviously, she doesn't sing. That would have taken it to like a whole new level if she'd actually mm. like smashed the songs out as well. But it's... I think something that's harder when you're putting in a performance of a song, knowing it's not your voice that people are going to hear. Yeah, you have, you to, still have to convey it. that. Like, mm. Yeah. I remember when uh, my ex-wife went to the X Factor auditions... And like you're like six months from any of the judges being anywhere near anyone, but they do a bit where like the limos come down, right? But there's no one in them, right? And you just have to like cheer as if like the the judges, <laughs> but you had to you had to silent cheer, so you had to be like, that's so random. But they're like they're like no one make a noise, <laughs> like it's, like, so it's, it's, it's hard, it's harder. <laughs> so I think like it's testament to performance that you can put the passion on screen, yeah, without. I mean, maybe she still sang it, but it's not her voice in it. But yeah, it's I think that's just just as hard to do that. We'll get the uncut files later down the line. <laughs> we won the Viola cut. <laughs> Viola cut, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Ma Rainey and Viola Davis, there's one bit of her limited time on the screen that I really liked and that I really related to, and it's the bit when she's waiting for her coke. She sent Sylvester out to get it, and she's talking to Cutler about. You know, getting rid of a levy and getting rid of levy, saying how much you know they they're using her for the for money, and she's very aware of it. It's not costing them as much as they say it is. Blah blah blah. But then it goes there when Levy and Dusty May are downstairs having a quick shag, and Toledo is trying to ignore them, (laughs) (laughs) and. She suddenly says, like, oh, it's suddenly gone really quiet and I always like to have music. And I was thinking about this and it's like, when I used to live alone, I used to have music on all the fucking time in in chips. Now I don't because I have noises around me when I'm working. I can hear, I can hear Anna next door. I have a shitty cat meowing next to me. I love that. (laughs) Love tango. But next to me meowing, wanting her ball, all these things. I don't feel the need to have that music all the time. And it was very interesting when she said that because I was something I'd never thought about. But looking back is whenever I was by myself, whether it be, you know, cooking or, well, I say cooking, microwaving. Putting stuff in the oven. Putting stuff in the oven. (laughs) And, you know, working or anything, I'd always have music on. And I think it was just to fill that silence when you're living by yourself. Even, even, I mean, when I lived in Leo, I was the same. There was always, like, something on just to, like, to take away the, the silence. But I, I still do it now. Like, if I'm sitting in the living room, like, I'll just put a TV on in the background. 
Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's I'm just talking about music in general. I'm just talking yeah. about having music. Like I I wouldn't watch TV in the old flat because the TV was behind me, so I couldn't really watch TV in that sense. But yeah, I, I'd probably I, put it on just just for the noise. Like, I just like having that. Yeah. So I. I think my, my dad say my dad has like the radio on like all day yeah. and you can faintly hear it in the living room but it's in the, the radios in the kitchen but he'll just keep it on all day no matter what he's doing so it's always just on when he goes in there for that split and, time and it's very interesting and it was just something that i i realized that i used to do subconsciously and obviously now i don't do as much anymore and i is very it's just it was just an in- interesting little thing that she said that kind of caught my attention but yeah, like I think it's some people use like if you are like alone and you're on your own, a lot of times that if you've not got something just there, like you can be sort of left with your own thoughts sometimes. Which if you're not in a great place or you're feeling a bit, like, it can be a bad thing. Just like just be thinking about stuff all the time. Whereas you put that on, you like you'll sing a little bit of lyrics to that, or you it just stops you sort of being so much in your own head. And I think it's a massive thing. I think. People just take for granted, and yeah, you, it was, it was, it was. I, I did when she was saying that. I did sort of resonate with him, but yeah, I would like. I think a lot of people will probably be the same position. Like, just, mm. just have something on, just in the background, just to, to to keep you from going a bit mad. Mm. And I think that speaking of madness, I think it's very much. I'm not, I'm not saying Levy was mad, but the we said we touched on the on the final scene and the the, the scene when he when he ends up stabbing Toledo. It's it's that like didn't see it coming at all. Apart, no. apart when it was on stage, the the whole audience were always like, <gasps> like, yeah. fuck, like you don't even. Although you know he's got a knife because he, he threatens Cutler with it. I just didn't see that situation like escalating to that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm still a bit at a loss as to why. Like, well, <clears throat> I was thinking about this as well, and it's that throughout the film. He has this dream, and the dream is to have his own band, and he keeps talking about it. That's what he just doesn't fucking shut up about it. Is I'm going to have my own band one day, and he repeats it like three, four, five, six times in the film. And every time he does, someone puts him down. Mm. Whether it's well, he, he, even even him wanting to do his version of the song "Marini's Black Bottom," he gets that gets shut down by Marini. Whenever he talks about having his band. Whether it's slow drag, Cutler or Toledo, they always like, I'll pipe down, you know, do do what Marini tells you to. He then has the songs and he's very excited. He said, Oh yeah, Sturdy Van's gonna is gonna you know to record it. Record my songs and I've I've got the people lined up and they're great musicians and all this shit. And then at the end, after having gone through the conversations about God and all this shit, it's Sturdy Van then tells him he's not going to use his songs and he's going to give him maybe a five 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 dollars for it. He said a five of them, like that's the thing in America, five dollars yeah. <laughs> for each of his songs. And I think that's the breaking point. It's his dream is shattered, and it's that thing where he's like teetering on the edge, and anything could set him off. And it's so he's lost his job as well. So he's not even, yeah, he's been fired in the process. Yeah, Yeah, He's been fired in the process because he, you know, talked back a little bit and wasn't, you know, she'd already kind of decided that. Man knew that he's not, he's not a cutler or a slow drag or Toledo. He'll just like happy to be in the band, do what they're told. He He wants to be the star. And she sees that, and she's the star. And I suppose 
from her, there's a self-preservation of she knows that they're, they're they're using her as well. Yeah. So she's got a shelf life of until they like until they find the next big thing. Like there's Bessie Smith who they had who like until they when they find the next big thing, they're going to dump you and use someone else. She mm. knows that. Yeah. So she's kind of hanging on to her fame and her worth as well. And she sees him as a threat. So like, yeah, sack you, you're gone. And yeah, it's, she's protecting herself and then she has that power because she's a star, whereas Levy doesn't have it. He doesn't have anything left. And yeah, like you said, it's just it's that it's the straw that broke the camel's back, isn't it? It, je- but, it literally is. And all it is is something as petty as Toledo stepping on the shoes he'd bought two hours before, three hours before, however long it takes them, you know. And while this film isn't actually, like, filmed in real time in the sense that you watch an hour and a half and everything happens in an hour and a half, it's literally, what, the space of a handful of hours. Yeah. And he just bought his shoes. He was so proud about them. And obviously they they poke fun at him, but they, they do admit that they are nice shoes. And Toledo just steps on them, and it's just that bit that it just, it just breaks him. And obviously, immediately regrets it when Toledo when he, Toledo dies, and he's like, "Don't look at me like that." It's like, and you you look at Slow Dragon Cutler, and they're just like, oh, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like it's not even a reaction. Like, what have you done? It's just a case of, well, yeah. that's him fucked. <laughs> it's like, it's like they're not even scared of like him. They're just like, it's another another black guy's life over, right? Yeah, and even though they, I don't know how long they'd been together in that band with Marini, they'd known him for years, probably, and it's just very much that kind of thing. Well, because there's that, there's that thing Toledo says about what are black people do to, to make their life better. Yeah. You can't, just be, you can't just be having fun all the time to be doing, and it's that he has now no chance of making his life better, right? No, uh, yeah, yeah. all this is going to come crashing down on him. He's either going to be put in jail or I don't know what the sentencing was in those days but i can imagine it wasn't very friendly probably not great no so it's it's just it's it's just a very sad film at the end of the day of how in a way you know you've got to be careful of how you treat people whether it is through a professional means or personal relations and everything like that is it's that, it's that whole campaign that's come up recently with the whole Caroline Flack thing of be kind. Like, you never know what someone else is going through. Doesn't matter how they know, present themselves, yeah. You never know what they've been through. Like, you see uh, Levy smile when he said he lights up the room. But the thing that he witnessed his mum go through and his dad, obviously, tried to get revenge and was killed. And you do not know. Someone can be smiling and happy. You do not know what's going through their head and what they've been through and what they've experienced. So it's like, just be nice. And, and so, Sadly, Toledo was like he was being nice. It's that it's that ribbon of like what friends and like bandmates probably have like you take the mick. And like mm. I think it's so drag said that like, he's not saying anything that we've not all said to each other. Like, but it's just that, that just that last bit when he's gotten struck down uh, by Sturdivant. It like, just just takes him over the edge. And sadly, Toledo's the one that was sort of in the wrong place at the wrong time. But yeah, it's very much a case of like just be nice to each other and like. I mean, you can you can take the mic, but just be wary of like. Yeah, there's limits. That, there's limits. There's the thing, the thing that you say might be the the seventh thing that's been said to them that day. It just tips them. Like, you, exactly. What you're, saying, what you're saying could be totally innocuous. Yeah, and I can imagine that walking into that rehearsal room, uh, you know, 
Levy was just like, I've got my new shoes. I'm, a, I'm, on, a, I'm on an extreme high. I've got this. Sturdy Van has told me that he's going to listen to my songs and we're going to record them. And he's on that high. And by and the, the end, we're, of, doing, we're doing my version of my rainy song. Like, yeah, that's three great things that have happened to him. Yeah. Going into that room and in the space of two hours, they've all been taken away from him. Obviously, he still has the shoes, but they've been they've been damaged. They've been, and it's just everything's just stripped away from him, and he just he just breaks, and it it, it just shows how quickly life can change as well. Obviously, uh, well, it's not saying that everyone should stab someone because things don't go their way. That's definitely not what I'm saying, but it's. I know there's clearly some other issues there, which we, we they do explore in the film with yeah. his past and everything like that. And but it, I think when you're trying to make a better life for yourself as well, and you've got all these aspirations and they are just taken away from you, it's like what what's left. And I think I think that's what this what this film does really really well. So I think we both probably went in thinking this is a film about blues in the twenties. Yeah. It's going to be nice, happy, good performances, and it's like completely the opposite of what we got and I think that's it's a breath of fresh air like uh, I'm so glad for Chadwick of what it was because it just the performance was amazing and and yeah it's like it, it in a sense it's not a film about anything but it's a film about everything at the same time I was, weird. that was literally my line that was <laughs> ahead I, I wasn't like last night I was trying to explain uh, like we were talking about it and it was like, what was that film actually about? And I was like, in my head, it was like, the storyline is about fuck all. It's about a band rehearsing. But the topics they discuss is everything that had that was going on at that time. And it, it is very much that kind of... And that's why I think I really appreciate this film is that there's no convoluted story. It is literally a snapshot of what life was like back then. And I think it could be like, it was in Chicago. So this could be any city in yeah. America on that day. Like I'm sure the same things were happening in like New York and in Philadelphia. Yeah, the conversation. Yeah, Obviously, the not everyone was rehearsing in uh, for one of the biggest uh, biggest singers in in the country. But and there wasn't someone stabbed every time. But like maybe a snapshots of people being like underappreciated or screwed over or like something. This like they said, I think the the characters apart from Marini didn't exist. But it was like a here's what happened. Yeah, all over the country at this time, and I think they did a really good job of that. And it's yeah, it's not what I expected. I'm kind of glad of it as well. Go on, Tom, give me a rating for "Always Have, Always Will" by Pomona Island. It's very nice. Um, I, I really hope someone Clar- called Clarence made this, but I don't think that's going to happen. But that'd be like the icing on the cake. <laughs> made by Pomona, Pomona. If you do have someone called Clarence at your brewery, please just tell us that he did. So Oh yeah, this is good. This is very good. This is a. Would Would you settle for like a Christian? No, no. I want I want Clarence. <laughs> or even a Slater. <laughs> Val Val. Or That's all I want. Um, I'm going to give this a four. It's beautiful. It's very nice. Very very good. It quite like all the all the fruits are there. It's yep. not too sour. It's very drinkable. It is. 6.5%, so it's not like blow your head off, you don't, it it goes down very easily. How is your Japanese beer? It's called Tamaki, again by Pomona Island, it's a 7% as well. Well, I had an 8% last night when it was, oh, last night, and it was because double IPA, and like, you know when, they, when, they're, when they're quite dank, and you're like, fuck yeah. yeah, this is going to be a struggle, this is, like, Tom, I've finished it before the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, 
really, really nice. Like nice prom's quite a nice rich mm. flavor with the, the sort of salt and the, the sort of matcha tea, whatever the fuck it is. But the, the goals, I love that goal style with the saltiness. The aftertaste is beautiful and this works perfectly. I'm gonna give it four point two five. They can they can be sometimes too salty. We had one the other day where I felt like I was just drinking salt water with a bit of a fruit. But it's like it, it, it's not spectacular. Mm. But like what they've done is they've done something really nice and, and different. Yeah, it, it doesn't taste different as well. It's not like you're like, well, that's a bit fucking weird. You're just like that works. Yeah, and that yeah, that really really works. Okay, my rainy's black bottom, Tom. You, I went first last week. You're going first this time. I hadn't really thought about this up until this very instant. So I had that thought with two minutes ago. I was like, what am I giving this? I don't like, know. Because <sighs> films like this, unless they, you know, they have a, they they have a ceiling in the sense of it's just it's just very good performances. You can't give points for the storyline. The storyline is just what it is. It's, people in a in a band rehearsal i think what, what we just said is like they can give a point for storyline because they've managed to convey like a snapshot of this world and like yeah, yeah but i'm saying that there's no convoluted storyline they've just said we're gonna you know whoever wrote the play august wilson obviously decided that he, he, he's going to create this setting and clearly appreciated uh, ma rainey's music but it's very good at what it does their performances are excellent i i was saying the, the the length is ideal like it's an hour and 34 minutes you don't want another 26 minutes of this like oh, at that you point need it either. you don't need it's it either it's very it's very good the, the the oscar nominations for at least for the two actors are are definitely deserved the the other ones are production design makeup and hairstyling obviously the the constant Makeup that Viola Davis has in in that throughout and obviously is very apparent and they're all so sweaty in the sense they must be boiling in that and obviously she's on production design I'm like really yeah I know I mean yeah and obviously the costumes were good I mean there's nice suits and the the outfits that Ma wears and all that but it's no I'm I'm going to give it. A, I, I I don't want to be harsh, but at the same time, it didn't like it didn't blow me away. I thoroughly appreciated what it was trying to do. I got it. I liked some of the topics they discussed. I related to some of the topics they did, but it didn't blow me away. The performances did, but the film itself didn't mm. blow me away. And I think that I can give you know credits to all the things that happened. The you know the little twist at the end was was nice. I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Ooh, yeah. I didn't think you would go that low. You're gonna give it higher than seven point five. So it's gonna take it higher than five. I am. Like for me, I'm giving it eight point five. It's not in that nine category. I'm giving it eight point five because I think the performances were outstanding. Uh, I liked a lot of the, the the set pieces. Like the dialogue was brilliant. The story did what. I didn't expect that this is a story. Like you said, it's not a film really about anything that's as harsh. It's about like a snapshot into that world of what was going on around the country, and I think they did that really well. I like the little fucking just the twist at the end with the white band singing a song just to fucking put the knife mm-hmm. in even more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you said, it, it's got a ceiling. It's not a nine. 
just because it doesn't bore you away, that gives it a double feature score of eight. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Please let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We may have a competition. Ooh. Yeah. If you made if you made it this far, thanks. Uh, Stuart, <laughs> you could win. You could win. <laughs> Probably be the only one who fucking partakes at this rate. <laughs> We should do it. Like, if you listen to the podcast, what's the secret password we gave you at the end? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, so, yeah. So, let us know what you thought. Let us know what you're drinking. Uh, let us know what pubs you're looking forward to going back to if we ever get open again because, yeah, world. Uh, so, until what? next time, from me and Tom, thanks for listening. And we, uh, yeah, pubs are going to open at some point. Maybe you listen to this in 2022 and they're still in lockdown. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, cheers. I got my time coming to me. You don't know nothing about what kind of blood I got, what kind of heart I got beat here. Come on! Come on! Wonderful. We got that boy. <laughs> What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.